the wild of May For at least I could run They just died in the sun And I refused to just wither in place Just a wild mountain rose Needing freedom to grow So I ran fearing not where I go When a flower grows wild It can always survive While flowers don't care where they grow And the flowers are new in the fields where it grew We're content to be lost in the crowd They were coming in close I had no room for growth I wanted so much to branch out Wild, and I never felt right in a garden so different from me. I just never belonged, I just longed to be called. So the garden one day set me free. I hitched a ride with the wind, and since he was my friend, I just grows wild, it can always survive, while flowers don't care where they grow. Collective, how are things grooving in your world? I'm having an interesting full moon Sunday morning. Um, interesting because it's about awakening magic, it's about balance, scales. How I surrendered that's what this is going to be about. 
this morning, well, last night and this morning, I went for whatever reason on a binge listen of Alan Watts' recorded lectures. Um, he was a philosopher, a British philosopher, and believe it or not, he died in 1973. What makes that astounding to me, he was interpreting Buddhism, Hinduism, and Taoism for the Western world. Uh, but what is astounding about that to me is that over the last decade or so, this same philosophy basically has been presented in different ways that has seemed, um, you know, revolutionary on the surface and whatnot. And I think about how all this has existed there and basically had all the same keys or um, inspirations for understanding how existence works, how reality works, how being alive works, how life itself exists and doesn't exist simultaneously. So there was a passage this morning uh, that I got to, and I actually, I'm going to share that with you the audio of it in this episode here in a minute, but he talks about the nature of things existing and not existing simultaneously and about how um, even a, a walking Buddha, a yogi, a monk, that those, that everyone <laughs> needs some sort of balance in their person and that whatever vices they might possess that are maybe seen as, you know, less holy by an outsider um, for, from whatever religious or personal convictions that they have about different things, um, the culture where that teacher exists would say, but you don't understand if they didn't have something <laughs> making them human, they would be insufferable and they wouldn't be able to help anybody and they wouldn't even exist. That was the part of all of that that really blew my mind most of all is what he gets to is that part of our experience of being human and part of our integrating light isn't about escaping being human and that in order to even exist and manifest, we must be actively engaged in the experience of being human, whether that's, uh, you know, a vice or whatever it is, you, you have to be interacting with the material reality. So I'll let him go and talk about that and then come on and um, muse about all that a little more because it's very interesting how this has pointed out to me um, how I sort of came into the world with this innate understanding that this is how things were and just sort of assumed everybody knew that and never really questioned it. It was like the sun rising and setting, um, and I was, you know, as a child and then throughout most of my life, that kind of wildflower that can bloom anywhere. People would say that about me a lot. 
they would either call me sunshine or they would say that I always bloom where I'm planted. And there were times throughout my life where I found that more difficult. It was a lot harder to bloom. It's a lot harder to bloom when you're attached to somebody who is, you know, vampiric with their energy or very negative or um, is a complete fatalist um, because it's kind of like whoever you merge your, your life and your energy with on a regular basis. Um, if you're, for instance, uh, if your light shines brighter than theirs, yours is going to dampen because there's an equilibrium. And so it becomes much more difficult for you uh, to be a part of everything and a part of that process. But that is a part of the process because that's what he talks about is these polarities and these push and pull is the process. And once you surrender to that being a thing, then it does become effortless and you have fully surrendered to being the process, not just being part of the process or being subject to the process, but you are the process. And however you do it is going to be fine in the long run. But at any rate, here is a clip of someone much more wise and articulate about this entire subject. And then I will come back and talk a little more about it. Existence already includes non-existence. You could say being and non-being constitute existence. Just as we know physically, sound is constituted by sound silence in very rapid alternation. So uh, being, non-being constitute existence. And existence is something of which you may say the game is worth the candle. If it weren't, it wouldn't be. It's like that. Some people try to say there is good and bad with small g and small b, and they together constitute good capital G. Or one might say that humanity is, uh, and the good of humanity, is a curious combination of beneficence and rascality, of reason and passion. And if human beings didn't have those two sides, they would be less than human. Man is in a certain sense redeemed by his passions, redeemed by being something of a rascal. Because if he weren't, he would be like a uh, stew with no salt in it. The salt somehow is something that in a large quantity is horrible but in a certain small quantity, delightful. And so everybody has to be salted with a certain amount of unrespectability. Otherwise, they're impossible and intolerable. The only thing is, as a, as a, as a, as a fervent cook, don't overdo it. <laughs> it is in that respect, you know, that it's said of great gurus in India, they have a very funny thing they say. People, Westerners go over and they meet this man who's supposed to be extremely holy. And they are all agog, you know. And then after spending a few days with him, they begin to wonder. They find he smokes cigarette. 
they find that uh, he occasionally loses his temper. Uh, and they begin to think, well, is this man so holy after all? I mean, he surely should not be dependent on these little uh, habits and luxuries and so on. And then they find he has a girlfriend. And then they leave because they're so scandalized. <laughs> well, then they, the Hindus say, uh, 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 now you shouldn't get so upset about this because if this man didn't have a few little vices, he would cease to manifest. He would simply disappear. And he has to have these things to keep him grounded, to keep him in the world. <clears throat> or uh, if suddenly, you know, uh, he gets terribly angry with a certain student and seems to lose his temper, they say, oh, no, 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 he, that's a tactical anger. That he did on purpose to wake you up to something. It was for your own development and for your own good. He didn't really feel angry at all. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> But do you see the point? There is something in the fact that if he didn't have these little uh, attachments, he wouldn't be manifesting. He'd simply disappear. There's something in that, only don't take it too piously. I think you get the point. Hey Galactic Groovers, I'm going to attempt to succinctly tell you what I do and have this little spot on every episode so you can know what I'm all about. You can visit the square booking link on my Instagram page or my Facebook page at Grooming Goddess. You can email me at groominggoddess at gmail.com and to book any readings with me, you can visit that square booking site. As I said, some of the services I offer are an animal communication for 3333 and that is a 30 minute session where we connect with your pets and um, see what maybe they are trying to tell you that you can't quite understand. Then I have a grief mediumship, another 30 minute reading and that is for anyone experiencing recent grief and having trouble moving through that. My um, specialty seems to be in that area getting messages and contacting people's loved ones immediately after their passing. I have a mini reading special, which is four mini readings for 4444. I have a soul action plan reading, which is 5555, and that involves cards for your inner child, uh, earth self, ego self, your highest self, and your galactic team. And then lastly, I have Syncretic Oracle readings, which are 7777, as those cards are much more in-depth and pretty much cover every reading modality. And then lastly, if you would like to come on my podcast and get a reading live, I will read for you for free. You can book an interview at my Square booking site. If you would like to be on my podcast to discuss something groovy, you can also do that at the Square Booking site. And if you would like me to be on your podcast, you can do that at the Square Booking site. I look forward to hearing from you. I have a money-back guarantee for all my readings, and so far, nobody wants their money back. So I feel like I'm helping a lot of folks out there, and I would like to help you too. If you have any questions about any of these, give me a DM somewhere, anywhere, all the places. Much love to you all, and thank you for listening.
So that's a big dose of mind-blowingness laid upon you by Alan Watts there. He goes on in that lecture, and there's a great podcast. You just look up Alan Watts on any of the platforms, and his son has his lectures uploaded in a very um, easy-to-navigate format. You know, if there's a particular subject you want to get into, you can just go listen to that one episode. This is from the episode um, called Directing Your Mind. Um, but part of what he talks about after that revelation that, you know, we have to have, we have to be involved in material existence. We can't like just be floating around out here. <laughs> um, otherwise this reality wouldn't be as it is. Um, but he was talking about becoming, uh, truly great at something you know, they talk about 10,000 hours that you have to practice something for 10,000 hours. And the way he described that it, he, he kind of broke that down into that. It's not the getting better at it. That makes you, um, suddenly get over whatever, um, block you had where you can, um, do something automatically as part of the process. Um, it's quite, quite a different way than we tend to look at it in the West. And especially with our present, um, almost near obsession <laughs> with manifestation and creating our own universe, which I, I do believe is happening. We're all co-creating, but perhaps the way we're approaching it is the reason why it feels so, uh, clumsy or we get off track with things sometimes is because we're missing the moment of surrender, um, which seems really counter to the idea that you are building up this skill and this ability and getting really great at something so that you can know, oh, now I'm an expert. So what's on the other side of expert, right? Well, the other side of expert is I'm incapable. <laughs> so, um, he uses the example of an archer who has to learn how to uh, release the string before thinking about release the string, releasing the string before making the decision to, because making a decision to do something uh, interferes with the process of co-creation and manifestation. But how do you do something without deciding to do it? So he goes through a long conversation about that and different examples. And what he said that really stuck out to me, he said, you know, after so many hours, there's a moment when it happens that way. He, he releases a string at just the right time and, or she, and there's no thought to it. It, he doesn't make a decision to do it. It just happens. It's automatic. And what he said about that moment is, it happens at the moment you know you can't do it. It happens at the moment you know you can't do it. That's a pretty powerful statement, isn't it? I mean, that's kind of ass backwards to what we've been told about achieving anything that you have to, you know, believe you can do it, know you can do it, see it, be it, go get it. And... In the actual flow of how 
creation seems to work, that push, that very um, masculine energy push towards action is pushing things away from you. It's not attracting them into your experience because you haven't surrendered. So it happens at the moment you know you can't do it. So what that means is that when you surrender that you can't do that thing, then you allow the process of you doing it to happen. You're not trying to force it to happen or force it to not happen. You are in balance with the flow of creation. When you get to a point of desperation, you stop caring, right? It equals that you don't care. Now, what happens at that point is that it stops mental action. It stops the mental action of deciding to pull the bowstring. You realize that your will, your individual will, which our will is our ego self, that's what your will is. We've, you know, really exalted your will and our free will and having the will to do something, but your will has no part in the process at all. Your drive, your push, all you're doing is pushing things away from yourself. He brought up a Taoist saying, which really drives it home. Uh... Actively trying to do something rather than surrender to the process of it is like beating a drum in search of a fugitive. <laughs> so it's that it's sort of like by saying to the universe, I'm going to do this thing or I want this thing or I'm getting this thing in a more in a less balanced fashion, being out of the flow of creation and the process of life, the process of existence itself at an atomic level you are essentially signaling the counter to what you're trying to achieve. So <laughs> beating a drum in search of a fugitive. <laughs> so like there's a fugitive, right? You're, you're running through the woods and you're, you're trying to find this guy. And instead of being quiet and sneaky, you're yelling, Hey, Hey, you out there. It's <laughs> hiding from me. Would you please come here? Because I'm trying to catch you. <laughs> so what struck me with all that was how silly some of our concepts of manifestation and being in flow and surrender really are. And how most of us come in the world probably in some state of already understanding surrender and the process that exists in the universe of creation, of push and pull, of all the polarities. So when ego action is re revealed as futile, that's when you start to surrender. And there's two ways you could go with that. You can become a fatalist and see everything is just happening to you. Um, 
Fatalist is a trap. It's passive passivity. It is a passive action to be fatalist. It's yourself versus fate. It's witnessing creation happening to you. And as long as you are experiencing life that way, there will always be a fly in the ointment. And that stuck out to me because it, it reminds me of what I talked about in how I got unstuck about having that block that was there protecting me in the base of my spine and my energy field. Um, that was my fly in the ointment because I was still, there was still a part of me that wasn't surrendered that I am part of the process. So this sets up a dichotomy where the knower, the fatalist is passive and the known, the entire outside external world or existence that you see separate from you, that you are subject and victim to, is the active part. And as long as you are giving all of the active creation to everything outside of yourself, you are not co-creating. You are living from a place of fear and ego. The sensation of being the knower isn't aside from, but part of. Once you start to understand that there is no fate and it's just the process and that all of you is the process, the parts of you that have vices, the parts of you that lose your temper, the parts of you that aren't, I don't know, the, the perfectly beauty standard representation of you physically, the parts of every part of you is a part of the process. And if you can just understand that all of it is you and all is all is all, then you can connect to this. It causes a flip. It removes passive relationship to existence. It removes a passive relationship to existence and you realize that you are all of existence. Existence is all of you and you are part of the process. You are the process. As he goes through this discussion and talking about <clears throat> how things come into being, how they materialize, uh, you're not trapped. It takes something trapped to make a trap. So as long as you perceive that you are somehow trapped in this dance with fate, then you have created a trap for yourself to fall in. I know this is all very esoteric and weird and Maybe it'll inspire you to go listen to this particular episode of Alan Watts' lectures. Um, but tying it back into my own self. So I was in that state of surrender naturally for a good part of my life. But what I did learn through the process of being in relationship with other people who were fatalistic or living more unconsciously, unaware. Um, the ego is the greatest 
saboteur. He also talks about the different states of being. Um, there's the yogi, another word I can't remember right now, <laughs> the monk, and you know, and those three are all more holy paths according to earth definition and much more difficult. And then there's the middle path or the, uh, the sly way, the sly man is what he called it, I think. And that is one that exists in that middle place, surrenders to being in the process. I feel like that's what presence is. Like, here I am on a Sunday morning. Both of my teens are somewhere else at the moment. Um, one of them has all but moved out, which is fine. He's 18 years old and he's being a young man and I'm really proud of him for that. It kind of got thrust upon him suddenly and he went from, you know, I'm going to be in your basement playing video games for the next five years to... I have a job, I'm taking care of my stuff, I have a license, I'm paying for things, I'm paying my own way. So that's pretty amazing. And my other child has a very kind, loving partner that they like to go spend time with, and that's a wonderful thing. And I'm here with my dog and my cat who are napping. I... I'm enjoying every bit of this moment. Now, I could allow thoughts like, I wish that my, uh, you know, I wish, I wish my walls were painted. I want to remodel. I, like all of these little, they're like ants. They're like these ants of uh, irritation. Almost like mosquitoes. Like imagine the monk sitting there meditating, right? In a swarm of mosquitoes. Your thought forms are sort of like this swarm of mosquitoes that you must learn to master and surrender and just let those mosquitoes fly on by and ignore them. Because if you allow the absence of, let's say, a partner like mine who is long distance and will be for a while, if I were to focus on the fact that he's not here, if I were to allow myself to focus on my kids being gone, oh, I'm here alone, I'm by myself. Now in reality, I gotta tell you, after 18 years of motherhood, I relish the times that I get to be by myself. But I think that is, you know, the ultimate thing. We're all trying to be, we'll love ourselves, love others unconditionally, love the world, love, 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 love your partner. And it's really simply about loving the process of existence. So right now in this moment, I have semi-cold coffee. I have snoring cat and dog. I have this medium where I can record my thoughts and share them with people that it seems to resonate with sometimes. I have this spider plant that was uh, near death at my mom's house that is growing. I saw this really cool post. I think it was from Shadow Light Haven. Um, 
something like that on IG. But anyway, it just basically said, uh, name one of your plants after yourself. And then when you're giving it water and food and sun and, you know, fussing with it and talking to it, you're giving that to yourself as well. <laughs> so, so this spider plant is now named Andrea. Um, and Andrea is doing very well and flourishing in a sweet spot right at the window where she gets the afternoon sun. He goes into a long uh, discussion about desire and how, you know, desire is what causes attachment to outcomes and attachment to things. And then, but you can't, if you try to kill desire, you're desiring to not desire. <laughs> so, so it's a more of not surrendering, right? We have to surrender to the process. I have some pervasive thoughts that are like my own mental mosquitoes that buzz around me and I observe them. I ask myself if it's true or false or if it even matters. And most of the time they're like, uh, you know, just a mosquito, just a little gnat, just buzzing around. And if you, just surrender to it being there, it flies away, it gets bored. I'm like, well, gosh, this person isn't any fun. I guess I'll just disappear and go be something else to bother somebody else. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think it's probably that literal because it's all us. And that's another thing he says in there because he talks about that, like the concept of Let's say, for instance, you are struggling with alcohol. The only thing to do is to stop drinking. Um, and But uh, if you announce egoically, I'm, you know, if you, if you make the decision to stop drinking before you take the action, like it has to be an automatic thing, a process. Otherwise, you are, um, uh-oh synchronization error oh that was something else hopefully not this recording uh so you're stuck in this trap of where now you've um sort of told the devil what you're gonna do and so then it's ready for you and then you're gonna be presented with more and more and more temptation to do the thing that you're trying to do battle with right and i don't believe he's using the word devil as a a literal uh type of um you know typical judeo-christian figure i think that just represents anything that would be working against you and when he gets through this whole discussion he said because who is the devil <laughs> in other words the devil is you <laughs> because you are part of the process and it's important to be clear with our intentions so that when we make them or we adopt them, that we're taking it from a place of action, of doing something, surrendering to the idea that I am no longer drinking, 
rather than I'm going to do battle with this thing so that it keeps throwing punches at me uh, and I have to fight harder than if I had surrendered. Um, and I mean, I am no expert on addiction or any of that. So I'm not saying that that's just one example. Uh, it's funny because more and more, it seems like alignment with your highest self, alignment with the highest good has more to do with acceptance than battle. I don't know, I may listen back to this and it may sound completely bananas and like it's not useful at all to anybody. But um, I can definitely see where I'm the joker. And you better believe I'm going to be recording some Steve Miller at the end of this. But I am the sly man. I am the person who walks the middle path. And I think that is how I was innately magical is because I, I was already surrendered to that when I came into this world. And the only times my life has become extremely difficult or insurmountable was when I forgot that I could surrender and trust that the process was going to work the way it's meant to. Boy, this being human thing sure is complicated, isn't it? Anyway, I love you all. And I truly believe that you have everything you need inside you right now. And the more you can accept yourself as is and be in love with the process and in love with existence and creation and in love with your self and your energy and how you are part of everything and connect to that all the happier you're going to be and then it does start to just work better better's maybe not the right word that's a judgment maybe more pleasantly with more calm and inner peace more peacefully it's okay if you want to go through life doing battle. If that's what you're into and you dig it, go for it. I've done it. Sometimes I still do it. But having that trust and surrender and acceptance that you are part of everything and everything is you and therefore your needs will be met frees you from so much self-loathing and angst and imbalance and friction and relationships and dysfunction and addiction and I want that I want everybody to feel like they're going to find a parking space everywhere they go they're going to get the money they need when they need it they're going to find the perfect crazily cheap uh house painter when they have one last stupid thing to do in order to refinance their house and no money to pay someone a bunch that happened to me. Um, 
and it was fantastic. The way that project worked out for me at the time, maybe I'll talk about that at another point, but that was nothing short of miraculous <laughs> and truly accepting and trusting and surrendering to the process. If I had, if someone else had told me what I was going to do, or I had told someone else what I was going to do at that point when I needed to refinance this house and get it in my name, I would have, you know, my ego earth person would have been like, uh, a big old F you and you go right ahead and do that because that's ridiculous. <laughs> but sometimes life uh, kicks you in the butt and says, guess what? You can do it. And I was, I was at a point of desperation. As soon as I believed that I couldn't do it, I did it. Isn't that crazy? I think that's the thing that blew my mind the most listening to Alan Watts this morning was the idea that because I can look back at my life when I have struggled with different things and like right before the big breakthrough is something is always a moment of I can't do this. And I think getting that realization of I can't do this allows you to surrender to the fact that you are this and you can be this. My grandmother, you know, Miss Edgar Casey, uh, Sylvia Brown, Lemuria, uh, channeling, um, Galactic Federation, the whole thing, my grandma, I would talk to her, of course, about all these metaphysical things. And we would talk about my guides. And, and so I would ask her as most young people would in that sort of situation. But what am I supposed to do, grandma? What is my job when I'm here? What's my mission? And over and over and fricking over until I stopped asking her eventually, probably in my early 20s or late teens. Um, she would say, all you have to do is be, just go be, just go be yourself. Just be just the act of being, you will make a difference for other people. And I have found that to be true. Don't forget that you're a human being, not a human doing. I love you guys. Some people call me the space cowboy. Yeah. Some call me the gangster of love Some people call me more As I speak of the pompatus of love People talk about me, baby Say I'm doing you wrong, doing you wrong don't you worry, baby, don't worry Cause I'm right here, right here, right here, right here at home Cause I'm a picker, I'm a grinner I'm a lover, and I'm a sinner I play my music in the sun I'm a joker, I'm a smoker I'm a midnight toker I get my lovin' on the run Ooh, 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 oo
talking to you, that trickster. Just gotta roll with it, baby. Create with the universe. We're gonna have a good time. You're the cutest thing that I ever did see. I really love your peaches, wanna shake your tree. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it all the time. Ooh, baby, I'll sure show you a good time. Cause I'm a picker, I'm a grinner, I'm a lover, and I'm a sinner. I play my music in the sun. I'm a joker, I'm a smoker, I'm a midnight toker. I sure don't want to hurt no one I'm just the universe and the process out here vibing and grooving Just come have fun with me I don't want to fight People keep talking about me, baby They say I'm doing you wrong well, Don't you worry, don't worry, no, don't worry Cause I'm right here, right here, right here, right here at home You're the cutest thing I ever did see Really love your peaches, wanna shake your tree, tree of life. Love it, love it, love it, love it, love it, love it all the time. Come on now, baby, I'll show you a good time, says the universe. <laughs>